0: It is Monday, October 31st, and this is the Wiltfong Whip Around. Happy Halloween, everyone. You see, I'm wearing my orange today, getting in the spirit. And as always, I'm joined by the director of recruiting for 24 7 Sports, Steve Wiltfong. Before we start, I just want to remind everyone to like this video and subscribe to the 24 7 Sports YouTube channel. And if you're listening as a podcast, make sure to give us a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. So, so many things to talk about from a fun week nine, a busy week nine, a lot of big weekends. But Steve, before we start, since it is Halloween, uh, one of the one of the best days of the year, spe- uh, especially for kids, I want to ask first and foremost, what's your favorite candy? You know, when, when you were out trick-or-treating uh, as a young Steve Wildfong, what was that one thing you would always hope to see, whether it was in your pillowcase, whether it was in your your, your candy bag? What is your treat of choice? Well, young Steve Wiltfong loved the Milky Ways and Snickers. Uh, still,
1: obviously, enjoy those candies. Uh, but the hundred grand is kind of like my quest that I'll be on the lookout for when I'm walking with my kids. We bought four bags of Costco's candy here, and I've already kind of picked over and grabbed a few hundred grands out of there. So the Wiltfong house will not be handing out very many hundred grands. They've already, <laughs> they, they've already been. They've
0: already been eaten. Uh, nice. nice. I'm. I'm personally. I'm a big Tootsie Roll guy. I know not a lot of people like Tootsie Rolls, but I I love Tootsie Rolls. Uh, So you got Tootsie
1: Rolls, and then you got the Tootsie, like, rectangle block things. Are those all the
0: same? Yes. Uh, They're all, whether it's the long Tootsie Rolls, the short ones, the block ones, even a Tootsie Pop I could do with. I love, I'm a big Tootsie Roll guy, uh, and I... Personally, I'm not trick-or-treating today. I'm going to my brother-in-law's and we will be trick-or-treating with my niece. So I know as I go searching, I'll definitely be on the lookout uh, for some uh, Tootsie Rolls tonight. Uh, but Steve, it was a big weekend in I also don't mind when they hand out the the beers, you know. Yes, yes, Wilfongs. of course, of Wilfongs, course. Uh,
1: When I'm not walking with my kids, I, we also hand out beers at the Ooh, I'm
0: I might have to, just for that, I might have to take a trip tonight to Indy. I might have to head on
1: over. Just to uh, get a beer, a man. They sell you you got liquor stores, Lance.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. I might have to sneak some in my pockets as I'm walking around. It's cozy
1: uh, weather. dry, Upper it 50s.
0: Is. So It's a nice fall day. Nice fall day here in New Jersey, too. But Steve, a big college football weekend. And ultimately, that's what we're here to talk about. Halloween is nice. Halloween is fun. But a big college football weekend this past Saturday. And let's start in the biggest of houses in Ann Arbor. Michigan Stadium. They took on the Spartans. They beat the Spartans. Paul Bunyan back uh, with the Wolverines. Obviously, some extracurriculars at the end. We don't necessarily have to discuss those, but they happened. Everyone knows about them. But on the recruiting trail, they had a lot of big visitors, and you liked the impression that they made on those big visitors enough for a couple of crystal balls. So Steve, why don't you tell us about those first and foremost?
1: Well, we want to start with the crystal balls. Obviously the big one was five-star quarterback 24 seven sports composite five-star quarterback Jaden Davis. This one's been trending Michigan for a while. Certainly I think Michigan's clearly the team to beat as this recruitment stands now might take a couple other visits. I know that the Davis camp has talked about, I talked to Texas A&M about visiting there. That's one program strongly considering the likes of Clemson LSU North Carolina, Penn State, Tennessee; those are those are schools he's regularly talking with. Georgia and Ohio State were were, were contenders in this recruitment as well. Uh, before they each landed quarterbacks, Dylan Rayola with Ohio State, Pugliese with Georgia. But I like Michigan uh, for Jaden Davis, uh, uh, his fourth visit of the calendar year. Quarterback development is a big reason why they love Michigan and, and and Coach Harbaugh and his offense, and certainly the way this football program has played over the last this season and last season. Uh, has been exciting, and then just the relationships that they've made with Coach Harbaugh, Coach Weiss, uh, JJ McCarthy, and his family. I think that Michigan and the culture and and the way they treat their players has really stood out to to Jade Davis and his family. He's having an awesome year, Lance. He's completed nearly seventy four percent of his passes for nearly twenty seven hundred yards and, and thirty one touchdowns, so just six interceptions. Uh, so he's having a fantastic year. Going to play in the All America Bowl after a senior year. This this would be a major pickup for Michigan, not only us. Uh, solidifying their quarterback room for years to come. JJ McCarthy the starter now. I believe he would pass the baton to Jaden Davis down the road, but Jaden Davis is going to be a lightning rod recruiter for whichever school he decides on and and I think that Michigan is the school to beat at this point. Michigan hosted a lot of their top remaining targets here in 2023 and a lot of their favorite targets in 2024. You know, they had three offensive linemen on campus, DJ Chester who we're going to talk about in the next segment. Spencer Fano and Caleb Lomu, all three are guys that I think Michigan needed to make up ground on coming into the weekend, but all guys that certainly uh, are fits at Michigan and uh, guys that these were return trips for them. So uh, with Chester still, uh, you know, he had a great visit, raved about it. Again, we'll talk about him in the next segment. Uh, but Spencer uh, Fano, I, I felt like Michigan was no better than third coming into the visit. They certainly showed him him a good time and, and made an impression, or excuse me, Caleb Lomu, no better than third third uh for him behind USC and, and and Utah and and maybe that even applies for Fano actually with with Oregon and Utah probably being the schools i liked best for him coming into the visit but with Fano in particular uh his family his dad comes to Michigan every month for work he's and I feel like his dad has visited Michigan several times because of that and uh they've had a lot of exposure to Michigan it's a place that they believe in and and so we'll see if distance and 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 things will, will play a factor factor for Spencer Fano down the stretch I've kind of talked with Blair Angula a little bit behind the scenes our colleague that I've been close to putting in a Utah crystal ball for Spencer Oregon makes us nervous I think Michigan uh uh, can make us nervous as well. Roderick Pierce is a Wisconsin defensive line commit that that visited. Uh, certainly could see him in Michigan's class if they're pushing. And then Darius Taylor is a Minnesota commit, a running back commit that visited Michigan. And again, uh, I think Michigan's been keeping tabs on him as a senior. He's having a great year. And then Michigan's pushing there. I could easily see him in Michigan's class as well. As far as those twenty twenty fours go. You know, there there wasn't there wasn't a, a prospect on campus more coveted by Michigan than Jordan Marshall, running back from Cincinnati. Muller. staff absolutely loves him, and he got a chance to watch Blake Coram run for 177 yards in a dominant effort. And uh, you know, I know he really likes Mike Hart and the program itself, and and, and so that's going to be a heavyweight recruiting battle. But Michigan, in my opinion, near the top of the list for for Jordan Marshall. Eddie Turk from, from a defensive lineman from Illinois is another that I think Michigan's positioned excellent for. Obviously, I logged a 24-7 sports crystal ball uh, in favor of Michigan for them to land offensive lineman Luke Hamilton. I think that they're in in a really good spot for him. And and I wouldn't be surprised if they also landed another offensive lineman from the weekend who visited in Kevin Hayward Lance. He's a guy that's highly recruited, uh, but I think Michigan's put their best foot forward there. Bryce West from Cleveland Glenville loved it. I'm Marion Stewart. You know, the list goes on and on. I think that Michigan's uh, the one to beat, as we said, going into the visit for in-state tight end, Brady Priestcorn. So uh, a lot of lot of buzz, positive buzz coming out of the weekend for Michigan. Uh, uh, for more on that, make sure you're heading over to the Michigan Insider, following Sam Webb, Stevie Lorenz, and, and Bryce Marriage. as Michigan uh, uh, certainly delivered that atmosphere and environment and the culture of the program, resonating with a lot of the recruits that were on campus to watch them take apart Michigan State.
0: Yeah, it was a big game, obviously, in the big house, and it was a, a huge recruiting weekend for the Wolverines, and obviously, you mentioned a couple things, running backs, offensive linemen. I want to quickly ask about Lomu and Fano, though. Obviously, two West Coast guys, and Michigan, obviously, a brand that recruits nationally. How much does distance play into their recruitments? Do you think? You know, you mentioned schools like Utah, Oregon, USC involved as well. Obviously, all those Pac-12, USC obviously eventually moving to the Big Ten. Uh, but how much does distance play a role in the re- the recruitments of those two forced offensive linemen?
1: Well, Lomu he went out and visited Florida this fall. Also, obviously, he's been to Michigan a couple times. So those are, you know, he's looking at schools out of his footprint. But you know, a lot of buzz coming into the visit was for him around Utah and USC. With USC expected to get the last official visit. Utah, definitely a program that I think is well positioned for him. And then Spencer Fano, same thing and he's going to commit at the end of his senior year. I believe on the day of the state championship and uh, talking to Blair, I believe that game is played uh, on Utah's field. So yeah, I don't know. Oregon's obviously given Spencer Fano a lot to think about as well. Coach Clem's one of the best offensive line recruiters in the country. Oregon's got a lot of momentum uh, going on. But again, Michigan is a place where his dad comes from work. They're very familiar with the Wolverines. Sharon Moore Moore, you're not going to find a better guy in college football than Sharon Moore just as a human uh, let alone hell of a football coach that can carry around that Joe Moore award that Michigan won last year for having the best offensive line in college football and they keep expanding his role at Michigan and you know he's an exciting up-and-coming young coach um, that has a, a bright bright future um, so Michigan has a lot going for them in these recruitments but sometimes you know Prospects genuinely love a school, but they still don't end up going there. We'll see what happens. Michigan will keep fighting, uh, just like they will on the field here, as they're undefeated and, and squarely in the play- in the playoff race, and, and you know, go from there.
0: Yeah, of course, playoffs uh, are the goal for the Wolverines and everyone has their eyes on that final weekend when they take on Ohio State in Columbus. And let's stick with the offensive line. And of course, DJ Chester's name uh, that you mentioned at Michigan and a name that is uh, highly coveted. He seems like a decision or it seems like uh, a decision is coming soon for him. A lot of schools vying for the four star offensive tackle. What's the latest in Chester's recruitment and where do you think he might be leaning as as a commitment might be near? Yeah, so the number
1: seven offensive tackle in the country, number 55 in the, in the top 247. We love this young man. He's going to play in the All-America Bowl following his senior year where he was originally planning to decide. But I talked to DJ last night and he said, look, I felt ready and knowing where I want to go. So why wait? He's not waiting. He's committing on November 3rd. This week, he's going to announce his commitment. And Michigan, he's coming off. It. Michigan got the last visit. He said it was amazing. It was great. and got to see the big house and loves Coach Moore, loves the whole coaching staff, says they're 8-0, and unlike other places, it's already established, just can go in there and make it better. But I think used the one to beat. Uh, Going into his decision, I haven't heard differently. We talked about on last last week's uh, episode of Whip Around that LSU, you know, they have a chance to finish with a top five class here with Brian Kelly and company's first time, first full cycle on the trail. They're currently number seven, and I think Brad Davis and his relationship with him uh, has put LSU uh, in pole position for quite some time for him. I think you know he's made some rounds, went to visit South Carolina. He's been to Auburn several times, been to Florida State several times, Ole Miss. Uh, Several times, but LSU, you know, I think that they're the one to beat. And uh, if they do land his commitment, they'll shoot from number seven to number four in the 24-7 sports composite team recruiting Ranking. So uh, LSU may be in the top five sooner rather than later with just a ton of meat on the bone. So many blue chippers out there still for LSU that I think that they're well positioned for. Uh, I'll probably forget a few names, but, you know, uh, Desmond Ricks, uh, who we, we said when he reclassified or maybe right before we expected LSU to get the last official visit. I like where they stand. All that's playing out that way. Uh, now we'll see what happens on these visits and how the last month of the college football season goes. But LSU, Alabama uh, are, are the two schools I'm looking at the uh, at the closest for Desmond Ricks. I Like LSU the most right now. Florida, Miami you don't ignore either of those programs uh, as they'll certainly make their their pushes and their efforts down the stretch for Ricks. But Jv and Tobiano, you know, is a guy that they're 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 well positioned for. And and uh, we we talked a lot about it.
0: Conquer the weekend in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562 314 4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: Yeah, and we got out on our YouTube page, so you're going to have to go to our 24 7 sports LSU site and get it there.
0: Yes, absolutely. And look, you got to look with LSU. You know, they're kind of flying under the radar a bit, I think, in the SEC. Obviously, all eyes are on Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee. Everyone's obviously questioning what's going on at AM, but there's LSU at 6-2, and 4-1 and one in the SEC. And uh, you got to give credit where credit is due to Brian Kelly in his first year in Baton Rouge. He's certainly uh, building a great team on the field and obviously, you know, working wonders uh, on the recruiting trail as well. So let's go over to the defensive side of the ball, the defensive line. Caden McDonald, someone who's going to make his decision in the next Today. day, I believe. Today. Today. There you go. He's going to announce later tonight.
1: He'll be committed tonight, a few hours after this video drops. It's 9.50 in the morning as we're recording now, um, but he's committing at 6 p.m. Eastern tonight. This show drops at Two right, Lance. It'll be on the podcast two Eastern. Earlier, yes, though. it'll
0: be on the podcast earlier though for sure. Yep. Two Eastern yeah. on our YouTube page. Yeah, uh Caden McDonald.
1: I like Ohio State. A lot of the buzz here down the stretch is for the Buckeyes. Uh, for Caden McDonald, who took his official visit to Ohio State in September. Ohio State currently has the nation's number four class, and defensive line is really one of the big focal points for the Buckeyes down the stretch here as they try and close this class out strong. And you know we we've, we've made a lot uh, of uh you know, we've talked a lot about the edge rushers and ends that they're in on, right? With uh, Damon Wilson and, and, and Mateo Uagalele and, and, and Keon Keeley, but this is a guy that they absolutely covet as well. And, uh, you know, talking to Caden in the past, when he's talked about Ohio State, he said the academics. It's a championship football program and so many opportunities off the field are in Columbus. Coach Coach Day and Coach Larry Johnson have been recruiting him the longest, he said. And they, and they have Jordan Hancock on the team who's from North Gwinnett High, a defensive back, one of Caden's former teammates. They made it clear Columbus is home. Coach Day is cool. Uh, he says he can FaceTime with Coach Day whenever he wants. He called Coach Johnson the goat. Just said that he loves everything about Ohio State. That's what he said earlier this month. And then he had a great visit to Ohio. Ohio State in, in September, too. That was his third official visit of the process, and he said he saw everything he needed to see on that trip and really enjoyed the game atmosphere and, 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 again, talked about how close he is to the staff. This is one of the most disruptive players in the country, particularly on the interior of the defensive line, Clemson, Florida, Michigan, Oklahoma. They've all been all in on him here, and it looks it's looking good for Ohio State as of 9.53 in the morning on decision day,
0: Halloween, for Cade McDonald. And you talk about disruptive, Steve. Did you see the game that JT Tuimoloau had for Ohio State against Penn State on this past Saturday? I mean, that you want to talk about disruptive. Disruptive. I mean, two picks for first and foremost for defensive end is, is nuts. Uh, one of them obviously returned for a touchdown. I think he had two sacks and, and maybe two tackles for loss too. I don't remember the exact outline, but talk about disruptive. And we obviously had him, I think, number two in our rankings in the 2021 class. Uh, I think number one before Quinn Ewers, reclassified, but man, what a, what a player, what a disruptive force for the Buckeyes on the defensive end. Well, he's fantastic. And, and, uh, McDonald, uh,
1: you know, 118 tackles for loss and 36 high school football games, 31 quarterback hurries, 41 sacks. And he's got some pretty freakish weight room stuff on his Twitter page, too. He is an explosive, powerful interior defensive lineman that would be a big addition for any of these finalists here. As all those programs try and maintain or build themselves into college football playoff
0: contenders? Absolutely. A force. Those stats are, are just eye popping from Caden McDonald. One other player that I want to discuss, excuse me, let's go to 2024 on the offensive side of the ball. The number three quarterback in the 2024 class, Julian saying uh, out of California, a decision is likely soon for him too. According to Greg Biggins, what's oh, yeah. the latest, you know, on saying, and where he could possibly be leaning as a decision years. Well, Greg Biggins, the lead expert
1: on Julian Sand recruitment and pretty much all things out West recruiting. Logged his 24-7 sports crystal ball in favor of Alabama last night going into Wednesday's decision for Julian Sand. I joined him this morning after talking to a source with knowledge of the recruitment. LSU was out there on Thursday, Coach Joe Sloan. Uh, I, I liked where LSU was positioned at one point in this recruitment, but Alabama is 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 a program that You know he was able to go out and visit here at the end of his process. I think he sees a lot of similarities between him and Bryce Young in the way they're built and the way they play the game. And then certainly Alabama's offense and player development under center and just across the board is something that has put them in great position here. Going into his decision, he's been able to make the rounds and see his top schools several times. So ready to come off the board and and, uh, solidify his future somewhere. And and, uh, I like uh, where Alabama stands as well, alongside Biggins and Julian, you know, over the course of his high school career has completed nearly 70% of his passes. He's thrown 58 touchdowns, 57 of them over the last two seasons, and just, just eight picks. So, uh, been a prolific passer. And I've seen him live. Uh, he's one of the more accurate throwers of the football that I've seen in high school football right now, regardless of, of, of grade. And so, you know, one of the more coveted guys down the stretch here. I like Alabama for him. And I think that with, with LSU, you know, that's one that they, they, they pushed hard for, but there's a lot of quarterbacks that they're in on right now. I know Coach Sloan, after going to see uh, Julian Sane on Thursday, was out to see Jake Merklander on friday in savannah georgia so jet sets out west on his way back home uh uh, stops in 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 georgia uh, and uh uh, sees jake Merklinger play top 247 quarterback uh, from savannah georgia and so uh, um you know they're in it for him they're in it for dj lagway they're in it for a few other arms as well it doesn't seem as promising for julian saying right now as it did uh, earlier
0: Yeah. And as if Alabama needs uh, any more great quarterbacks to go in there and Steve did a a great uh, in-depth breakdown on some of the 2024 quarterback dominoes uh, on last Tuesday's college football recruiting show. So make sure to hit up uh, the 24 seven sports YouTube channel to check out there. We talked saying we talked DJ lagway uh, among others and it's it's speeding up the 2024 quarterback cycle Steve. It's speeding up Uh, obviously CJ Carr, Dylan Rayola. Uh, Ryan Puglisi off the board. You put in a crystal ball for Jaden Davis to Michigan. Now Julian Sayin's is going to get off the board too soon. I mean, this is a, a fast moving quarterback uh, class for 2024. And and if you're one of the blue bloods, you really got to get your guy quick or, or, or options are going to run out. I just think in this class in particular, a lot of these guys that
1: were highly recruited were able to get out and see, first of all, they were identified early. And then they were able to get out and see their top schools so many times. I mean, Dylan Rayola took multiple visits to Georgia and Ohio State. Uh, I was able to go see USC. You know, those were some of his top contenders. Jaden Davis has been recruited since basically the eighth grade. He's been to Clemson. You know, Georgia was first to offer him in eighth grade. Alabama offered him in eighth grade. He's been to Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, uh, Michigan now four times this year. He's been to these schools countless times. He was at Ohio State several times. Julian Sands been able to make the rounds. CJ Carr visited Notre Dame so many times before he committed there. And so, uh, one thing we do know though is that there will be some quarterbacks that emerge. Right, there will be some quarterbacks that we weren't talking about as much right now that are having big junior years that we're going to see rise up our rankings with great junior years and great in-person evals. So, you know, we'll see how it shakes out at the end. I mean, Drew Aller was a three-star at this time uh, uh, of his high school career when he was a junior and ended up finishing as our number one ranked quarterback in the country and, and is now a true freshman at Penn State. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what shakes out. And and uh, and then obviously, you know, the, a long way to go before these guys put pen to paper
0: hundred percent. And look, evaluations, obviously always ongoing. And and like you said, more names uh, certainly will rise up the rankings and more names will certainly uh, we will certainly have to take notice uh, of more names moving forward. One other guy I know you want to discuss, Steve. And when we talk about freak athletes, he is the epitome of them. Nicholas Harbor, the number one athlete in the 2023 class, a five star out of the DMV area. What's the latest on Harbor, where his recruitment is, any potential visits upcoming? What do you know from him?
1: Yeah, well, our guy, Brian Doan, was out to see Harbor this past week and was uh, able to report that Harbor has locked in his official visit to Maryland for December 9th. And, and uh, talking to a source with, with knowledge of that recruitment in Maryland's position, you know, they told me over the weekend that, that they thought that Maryland was, as I dig this out here, gaining momentum was the exact word, uh, used there. And so Maryland and their strong start to the season proximity to home, you know, are some things that they have going for them in this recruitment, you know, and I know talking to his dad several times in the past, he's always, you know, mentioned Maryland being the home school and the home team and being real, real close, uh, real, real nearby. So I, I think that that's something that's always, uh, kind of been out there for them right now. And, and he likes the coaches over there and we know Loxley, uh, has had some exciting closes to some recruitments each and every cycle since he's been at Maryland. And so maybe Nicholas Harborough will be their exciting finish this year. You know, J-
0: Jason Barham and, and, and uh, they flipped Andre Roy also last year from Penn State at the same he- time.
1: Yep, yep. And then, um, you know, Rakeem Jarrett was, was one that uh, was certainly kind of a stunner on signing day too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Look, Mike Loxley has done a great job recruiting at Maryland and obviously the Terps have had a great year so far here in 2022. So Steve, Halloween, obviously, uh, we got to get ready to get our costumes on. We got to get ready to get our candy. Got to get ready to go trick-or-treating. But a big week nine for sure. A big weekend this past Saturday. So many things to follow, obviously, as this week goes on too. And I'm sure a bunch of big weekends materializing for next Saturday, Notre Dame, Miami, Miami. Others to keep an eye on, of course, Georgia as well as they host a a, a Tennessee team and what could be the game not only of the the SEC year, but the game of the college football year. Uh, so a lot going on this week, a lot of commitments to look forward to as well. Steve is always a pleasure talking with you here on Monday. And again, happy Halloween. I hope you uh I hope you find some hundred grand bars in your trick or treating tonight. I, I really, I really hope you do. I really
1: hope you do. Yep, with Miller Lite and the koozie. Yeah. You guys
0: take care. Have a have a great day. Appreciate y'all. Yeah, remember to like this video and subscribe to the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel. And if you're listening as a podcast, make sure to give us a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. So for Steve Wolfong, I am Lance Glenn. Thanks for listening to the Whip Around. And again, happy Halloween.